Rid me of myself. I belong to you. That's what we're talking about today. That I belong to you. Fathers, we come before you. Spirit of the living God. We want more of you, God. We want, God, my prayer is that we would hit our knees, that we would allow you to rid us of ourselves by giving us the faith to step forward in you. So, God, would you be with each one of us today? Would you deliver your word the way that you want it delivered? In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I've accepted my old age, lost all pride, borderline embarrassment because I know my kids are looking at me like, what is he doing sitting down? But uh, I'll tell you what I did. You know, I used to love to say that, man, I messed myself up. I was riding a motorcycle. I jumped off of a mountain or something cool. But what I can say today is that I, I stood up too long. Some of y'all are like, man, I really want to laugh because that is me. <clears throat> so if I didn't tell you earlier, uh, or if you just came in, I saw some people coming in. My name's Chris Kellum, and I am one of the elders here. John Hughes asked me to deliver the word today. What I, and I thank you for coming. Let me just start by that. Thank you for coming here today. You know, God brought you here for a reason. And, and, and I know it can be so easy for us to just assume that church is what we do. I'm just getting up and I'm going. But the reality is the truth behind it is that God brought you here today. So I want to challenge you. Open your hearts and minds to what he's trying to say today. This week and next week, we're going to be talking about your purpose, your God-given purpose. What we call at Heart of David, your why. What, what is your why? Why are you on this planet? What is the meaning of life? So I want to ask you, what is it? Do you know because, listen, I get this question all the time. I get it all the time. Man, Chris, look, look, man, what is my why? Why am I here? I get it all the time. I've asked it. I spent years asking that question. I spent years searching for things, thinking it was my why when it wasn't. Thinking it would fulfill my why when it didn't. In fact, this question, it gets asked all the time. I love the story of, of this boy. You see, there was this, there was this, there was this little boy, and, and he was working on a, at his dad's chicken farm. He, uh, he's at the base of a mountain. He got tired of it one day, and he snuck out, ran up to the top of the mountain. He found this big eagle's nest reached in there and he 
stuck, grabbed one of the eggs, went back, ran back down the mountain, went to his, back to where the chicken houses were. And he went to one of the hens that had eggs there and he dropped one of the, dropped the egg, the eagle egg, underneath one of the hens. Eagle was born, had lots of brothers and sisters, solid life, sweet little house he lived in, all the food he could eat, nice shelter, nice look at the mountains, lake right out to the side. He looked like his brothers, thought he did. It's not like he had a mirror to go check out. But see, he knew inside, something was stirring inside him. He was like, man, there's more. There's more, isn't it? There's more. There's got to be more. And then one day as he, was, as he was sitting there, he looked up. He saw an eagle flying over. And went, whoa. And what he saw was the beautiful elegance of the eagle's wings as he flapped and flew across the sky. Something, something touched him in there. Something was there. So he starts flapping his wings. And before you know it, he's, he's off the ground. He's off the ground, and, and then he keeps, he's like, whoa. And he's, he's flat, he gets stronger, and he's made it over the fence. And then he makes it over the chicken house. And then he makes it up to the clouds. And before you know it, he's sitting on the, on the, flying above the mountaintops, and he's looking down. He crosses over that lake, and he sees us. Image of a beautiful eagle, strong and strengthened. He realizes it was him. that was him. He realized that beautiful, magnificent creature, eagle, was him. You see, he found his purpose. He had found his why. He was soaring across the mountains, soaring across the land. In strength from flapping his wings, and he found his why. And so, what I want each of you to know today you were created to soar. Did you know that? You were created to soar. And you were created to soar in your why. In fact, Isaiah 40 31, baby, you got that? Yeah, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You see, I meet so many people wanting to know what their why is, what their purpose is. And they're living a deflated life. They're living these lives that are just... eh. And so I want to ask you again, what's your why? Do you know it? Because according to Google, <laughs> where'd you get your scripture knowledge? Well, Google. <laughs> according to Google, the meaning of life, it's one of the most Googled statements or phrases that there is. Millions and millions and millions of people are wanting to know what that answer to that question is. They type that in. To, I, let me just say, has anybody ever typed that in Google? As I was typing it in, before this, before this, like while I was typing it into research, before I wrote this down, I realized, 
Am I really typing? Is there somebody that types in what is the meaning of life? And then I realized that the majority of us do that. Needing to know their why. In fact, Forbes magazine, check this out. It says, the best way to find your life purpose, according to Forbes, Forbes, create a vision board. (laughs) Follow your hobbies. Notice what you post about on social media. Are my kids here? Do your homework. Do some research. Be a chatterbox. Talk to a lot of people. Treat your life, number six, as if it's a daring adventure. In fact, if we were to search it a thousand times, we would probably come up with a thousand different ways to find your life's purpose. And regardless of what the next latest, greatest self-help book or magazine or TV show, whatever it is, you will not find, hear me this, listen, you won't find your life's purpose looking within yourself. You hear me on that? You won't find your life's purpose looking within yourself. And the reason, because I know that goes against what a lot of y'all think, the reason is because you didn't create yourself. If you didn't create yourself, how can you know what you were created for? What you were created for was him. You were made for God. Sorry. You were made for God. And see, it's not the other way around. It's not the other way. We we were made for him. God didn't need to create you because he needed like, hey man, I think I'll kick it with Chris for a little while. No. That's... He chose to create you. Think about that. He chose to create you. You exist for his benefit. You exist by God, for God. By God, for God. For his glory, for his purpose. For his, listen, delight. God is pleased with you. Listen, listen. Because I know there's some here today that don't believe this. God is pleased with you. And he has never been happier ever with you than where you are right now. If you will submit to him. See, he created you. I love Ephesians 1, 4. said that God chose you before the creation of the world. Isaiah 44, 2. And look, this is, put that up. Yeah, this is the, the contemporary English version. I love to... I love to look at all the different versions. And look at that. I'm your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Colossians 1.6 on the message version says that everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. You are a child of God. And I know you've heard it your whole life. But when it, when it sinks in, that you are his child and you are so loved by him. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 11, I say this and I use this scripture a lot. But it says that God has plans for you. Some translations 
Say God has thoughts and plans for you. So, you know, I think about that. Like when you woke up this morning, the God of the universe thought about you. He was thinking about you. He was thinking about you this morning. He's thinking about you right now. He knows the plans for you, and they're to prosper you and not to harm you because he created you. You were Psalm 139, if you had that. Babe, you got Psalm 139? Did I give that to you? Yeah. Can you do 13 first? You were created. See, you were created, and I know I've preached about this before, but you were knit together. It says, for, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So you were created. I know I've shared with y'all the analogy of my grandmom who, what do you call it? What? Yeah, made those blankets and spent the time on, you know, and I was, I was like, man, you don't take that crochet, thank you. But see, you were created. He, he, yeah. he knit you together. He's thinking about you. The God who split the seas, the God who raises the dead, the all-powerful, all-knowing God, that's the God that loves you and the God that created you. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. So everything got started in him, and everything finds its why in him. Finds its why in him. See, so you were created to soar, and you were created to soar in your why. I love the, the book of Esther. The book of Esther, Esther was, was a Jewish girl who became queen. And her husband, Xerxes, was the king, obviously. So, so all of a sudden, she gets news from this guy named Mordecai that this guy named Haman was going to destroy all the Jews. Well, see, here, here's the thing. If based on the rules of like the, the, the queen and the king, if she had gone and said something, because, because Xerxes didn't know she was Jewish. So if she had gone and said something, you know what it was? You know what the crime for that was? The, the penalty was death. It was death. And so she was like, hold up now, Mordecai. You want me to do what? Mordecai, Mordecai was like, listen, you got to go tell him. And she was like, well, I don't know. And then he said this. You were put here for such a time as this. Such a time as this, Esther. You're here on this earth right now for such a time as this. You will save the Jews you have a purpose. Your why is you're going to save the Jews for such a time as this. It's not just happenstance. You weren't just born just on this day for no reason. God put you here for that, for that reason. And it pains me so often because I find so many people that want to know why they're here and they disagree when I say such a time as this. And I'm telling you today, you are here for such a time as this. Your why is for such a time as this. You've been given a God-given destiny. You've been given a God-given 
destiny. We all have a role to play. And it's for him. And it's by him. So the question is, how? How? Okay, so Chris, you tell me I'm created the sword. I'm created the sore in my why. And you tell me that, that I'm here for such a time as this. So how do I find my purpose? Several months ago, or I don't know, not several, but a few months ago, there was, there was a great man that went to church here named Larry Gatewood. Anybody know Larry? Right. So Larry, Larry died, and I was at his funeral, and I was sitting right back over there by you, Bill, where you are. And this lady got up to talk about Larry. And she's, first thing she said, you know, I met Larry and, you know, he spent his, his life in law enforcement. And I met Larry because my sister had been killed. And Larry was on the case. And every year on the anniversary of my sister's death, Larry would call me. Over the years, over 35 years, I got to where I loved that phone call. Larry found out about my birthday. So then he called me two times a year. Loved those phone calls. We developed a friendship. She got down and another person got up, talked about Larry. You know what? Larry called me on my birthday too. Every single year on my birthday, I could have talked to him the day before, but he called me on my birthday just to tell me how special I was. Next person, wouldn't you know it? What do you think they said? Same thing. So then her son, his son comes up, and he talks about his dad. He said, you know something? My dad loved the little things. Dad loved the little things. He loved to call people on their birthday or anniversaries. And he said, I'm just curious. How many people here heard from Dad? On your anniversary or birthday or on a special day? And I bet you half the people in this church raised their hand. And I sat back there and went, wow. And everybody that had their hand up started going. They all thought they were the only one. Larry lived a sacrificial life. Larry lived a life that served the Lord. Larry lived a life that served others. He sacrificed himself for others. Listen to me. Finding your why requires that you lose yourself. Finding your why requires that you lose yourself. How do you know that, Chris? Because Jesus did it. That's how I know. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. You know, so many times I have people and they'll be like, well, I'm doing things. I just don't really figure out why God got me here. 
And I'm like, you spend any time in the Word? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to, but I'm so busy. Having a hard time spending time in the world because I'm just, man, if you knew my schedule, I'm so busy. Just can't do it, but I'm going I'm to get to it. What about serving? You serve? I mean, Chris, do you not know my schedule? I work from 8 to 9 a.m. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, like, I work all day. And see, I, I'm going to tell you all something. I, I'm not a very smart dude. I have to run everything in my life through this book to see if it's what I'm supposed to do because if I don't, I'm going to do the wrong thing a hundred percent of the time. And see, so what I do know is I know all the scriptures that God says, you know what? You draw near to me and I'm going to be there. You seek me and you're going to find me. Blessed are those who bow down before the Lord. When you search for me with your whole heart, guess what? I'm there. In fact, you cannot search for me with your heart and not find me. It is not possible. You know why? Because it's my promise to you. And see, what I'm going to share with you today is so simple. It's so simple, but yet we make everything so difficult. You want to know the purpose for your life? Do what Romans 12, 2, it is the, this is, this is my, this, I, I, my whole life. I, I try to live my entire life by this verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, and only then, you can test what God's will is for your life. His good, perfect, and pleasing will. You see, when we get in God's word and we start serving or sacrificing ourselves, when you and me, when we decide, you know what? I'm going to wake up 30 minutes early today. I'm going to sacrifice my sleep for the Lord. You see, God loves sacrifice. He loves it. Obviously, he loves it. Just read scripture and you'll see it. And see, when we make a sacrifice to him, things happen. Things happen. God shows up. The second thing he wants you to do is he wants you to serve others. You want to find your purpose? Get in God's word and start serving others. Well, what, well hold on, hold on. That's, that's too simple. Well, hold, no, it's not. You can go Google all you want to Google. You can read everything you want to read. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to find life's purpose, if you want to know your why, then get in God's word every day. You seek him with a full and whole heart. And then you go serve his people and he will absolutely rock your world. Because, see, God's given each one of us spiritual gifts. See, for years I was like, what's my gift? What's my gift? What's my gift? I was thinking I had to have something, all, all this special stuff. And I'm telling you, God's given you a spiritual gift. Some of you may deny it, but it's in his word. So it's truth. You've got a spiritual gift given to you by God. And what God says is, hey, listen, you stop doing all this other stupid stuff that's going on that everybody else is doing. You get in the word and you, let, you allow me to literally change your mind. Because the Greek for that is exactly what it says. You will be transformed. It actually, it's made anew. As in like, you were once this way, that's the old, and you are made new. You will be 
a new creation. And see, God, what God does is he says, once you start doing that, and then you start serving my people. Well, while you're serving, when you go get in a local church and you go serve and you do all these, all these different things, I'm going to start to show you where your passions are. I'm going to show you where your passions are. I don't have time, Chris. I don't have time. Nah. I'd rather just buy a thousand turkeys and give them to people. I'm saying, hey, that's cool, right? That's cool. At Heart of David, I beg people for money every day. <laughs> but I'm telling you, when you get out and you start serving, you're going to find something that blows your mind. God's going to start revealing something to you in a mighty, mighty way. I mean, Ephesians 2.10 says that, you, for we are God's handiwork or workmanship. I love that. Some versions say masterpiece, created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared, here we go again, in advance for us to do. We were created before the creation of time, knit together by the Almighty God to do works for Him that will be good, perfect, and pleasing. God created you when you get in his word and you allow yourself to be transformed, those little things that he tells you to go test and approve, he's going to use that to radically change your, your life. I accepted Christ when I was 30 years old. 31 now. <laughs> okay, I'm 48 now, so that was a long time ago. 31, tall, bald-headed dude. Y'all are like acting like y'all, yeah. You knew I wouldn't. But I accepted Christ. And see, when this happened, when I accepted Christ, my wife is like, hey, Chris, you need to go, sir. You need to go. You need to go. I'm like, whoa, hold up. And she said, Chris, just go remind them that you play guitar because I'm a musician. And I was like, eh, okay. I did it. Next thing I know, I'm at this church, and I start leading worship for this youth group. And then they're like, hey, hey, man. We need you to be a small group leader. I'm like, what? hold up now. Uh-uh, I'm just a guitar player, man. I'm comfortable over here. Okay, I'm comfortable over here. And before you know it, I was, a, I was a small group leader for these kids. And for years, every single Wednesday night, I would lead worship, and then I would go be the small group leader for these poor kids whose lives I was destroying. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And... But listen, inside me, one of the things that kept me from, from or, or, that made it difficult for me to, to start as a small group leader for those kids was that inside I was going, man, if, did I fool people? Do they know what's really in here? I'm slim shady. Like, I, I mean, I, really? I'm going to screw a bunch of kids up. These parents are going to hate me. But see, in that time, do you know they asked me questions? There were 14 at the time, some 13. And they would ask me questions, and I would just sit there. And every night I left crying. Because I was like, whoa. But see, what happened there is that I met John Hugh in serving. Next thing I know, John Hugh's like, hey, dude, you want to go start a church? I'm like, yeah, let's roll. I'll be the one. He goes, you be the worship leader? I'm like, yep, let's do it. So we come, and a big group of us, a lot of you here, we started this. 
But see, at the same time, we started this we started this kids' sports camp called Ignite, which has now turned into Heart of David. Most of y'all know about it. What you don't know is this, is that at our very first camp at, was at Timber Creek. And it's a four-day camp. And man, I saw some stuff happen. I saw like, I mean, it was a miracle. I, I, it was things that were going on, lives that were being changed that I, I couldn't comprehend. Because, see, I was sitting there and I was thinking about all the stuff that was within me, but that Jesus had died for that, but I still thought about it. Because, see, I would, I, I would like, I don't know. I don't, I don't. There were certain places I didn't want to go because I didn't feel worthy to be doing, to even to have experienced what I was experiencing, watching God drastically change these lives. Camp was over. Everybody had left, and I had to load up some guitars and stuff. And I, as I was leaving, I was driving up, and I stopped at the top of the hill, and I looked back. And I thought about all the stuff that had been going on in this field and all the, the, the memory I had of the kids that were running around. And I was like, God, how can you use me? I'm so, I mean, I got this, and I felt this, Chris. Your gift is your brokenness. Your gift is your brokenness. And I'm telling you today, your gift, it's your brokenness. Because as I looked out, as I looked out across that lake, and I thought about what had happened, And I kept feeling, your gift is your brokenness. Your gift is your brokenness. Something happened, and I found my why. I found my why. See, I thought my why was going to be over here because I had all these things that I thought I was pretty good at at this point. The thing I was running from was what God called me to use, and that was where he said my gift was. I found my why. And listen, listen. As you give your spiritual gifts, as you give them to God by serving his people, he will use them to help you find your why. He will use them to put your why so visibly in front of you and he will change your passions. He will start lining your will up with his and that's what that means. He will use them to develop gifts that you didn't even know that you had. But it starts with sacrifice. You got to get in his word. You got to spend time with him. and He'll let him transform your mind. But the one thing you have to know. It starts and ends with Jesus. It starts and ends with Jesus. You can do everything you want to do to try to find your why. You can go, you can, like I said earlier, you can read every book, whatever it is. You will not find it because it starts in Jesus. 
I, I, one of the things we do at this camp is we have all these ex-pro and college athletes. We have all these guys that have had everything in the world, and they come up and they start speaking, and they've, they've done all these amazing things in life. And then you know what we hear? What's next? We hear it all the time, don't we, Dobby? We hear it literally all the time. Men and women that have had everything, and then they're like, well, that, 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 that didn't do it, and, and this didn't do it, and you know what? I, I made $10 billion. That didn't do it, and this didn't do it. What, what's going to do it? And there's one word for it. God created you, and he sent his son for you. So that when he looked at you, when he looked at me, he would see the righteousness of Jesus because in him is your why. You see, when Jesus was on that cross, he thought about you. He thought about me. He thought about your why. And in his time of agony, you know what I think he did? I think those smiles that he had from thinking of you and me, and I think that was it. I think that he was thinking about the gifts that we would have of our brokenness that would radically change the lives of his people. You want to know your why? You get to know Jesus. But I'm not talking about coming in on a Sunday and just, hey, man, I'm checking, checking the box because guess what? Guess what? Jesus says, many will come to me and they'll say, Lord, hey, guess what, God? I did all the good stuff. And, he's gonna, and he said, I'm going to say, hey, man, peace out. What was your heart? See, Jesus wants your heart. You want to find your why. Your why is in Jesus. Your why is in serving his people. And you know what's going to happen when you find that? (laughs) You're going to soar on wings like eagles. And as Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you in abundance. Because that's what he is, is an abundant life. And that's what you have the opportunity today. If you do not know him, you have the opportunity to know him. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. God, if there's hearts here today that don't know you, Father, would you just give them the strength to draw near to you by coming forward? During this time of communion, God, would you just, would you speak to them? In Jesus' name, amen.